0: Welcome to the Bad Vibes Club podcast. I am in the toilet of my studios because the studio is too echoey to record this and I gave up my music studio a while back so I haven't really got a nice place to record anymore. Um, This week's podcast is something quite different in a way. In another way it's exactly like all the other podcasts because it involves me talking to an artist well two artists this time Hamish McPherson an artist researcher who works with choreography and philosophy and Sophie Mallett who's an artist filmmaker but instead of talking to them about their recent work or maybe upcoming exhibitions we just had a catch-up really quite a casual conversation seeing how they've been coping with lockdown and what they've had to do to survive in the kind of new economic conditions uh, post-coronavirus and it was really nice it was really nice to uh, speak to them i should explain that there's some context you might need to just understand a few comments in this podcast one is that me hamish and sophie worked together on some workshops and performances in 2016 some at the ica in london and at the cca in derry london Derry, which in northern ireland and Two really nice French women drove us from Derry to Belfast to catch our plane home. And me and Hamish had to lay in the back of the van. And the kind of stimulus for this conversation between me, Hamish and Sophie was that Hamish shared some photos uh, of us all in the van. The other things you need to know for this podcast are that Hamish is a visitor experience assistant at the old Royal Naval College. So that's a job he had before the lockdown and he's just recently gone back. And Sophie is a video producer at a university. And that's a job that she... Well, she kind of tells this story, but that's a job that she applied to um, just before lockdown hit, and then now she does it full-time. Oh, also, Sophie lives with her partner, Derry, and um, they've got a rescue dog called Jallo, I think, uh, who's I'm looking at a picture of right now, and they're a really lovely dog. So enjoy the podcast. It starts with me explaining why I wanted to do something a little bit different. <laughs> I just realised that I, obviously, I've done lots of podcasts, and what my favourite thing about other people's podcasts is, is always the intro, when people are just kind of chatting. Oh, mm. And I thought, maybe I could try and do a podcast that's just all intro, which is basically what happens when you meet up with people and you haven't seen them for a while.
1: Mm, and you also haven't done anything.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> it's all intro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't really know if we should have a system of speaking about things, or if we could just chat away. But I thought we could talk about lockdown stuff, about how we've been how we've been coping with it, and then like any like really specific corona stuff that people have been getting into. Everyone's weird beliefs about corona. I've been cultivating some weird beliefs about corona, which I'm not sure are just truth or fiction.
1: Do you want to start off with just telling us about that before we continue with the podcast? Because we might not want to.
0: <laughs> to... No, not anything about five G or anything. Oh, thank just, God. That <laughs> just that just um, that someone told me. About three weeks ago that they thought that coronavirus couldn't be spread by touch that all the research had kind of shown that none of the big coronavirus outbreaks had had anything to do with touch they'd all been to do with people being indoors you know kind of all air based stuff and I've just taken that on as though it's fact to be telling people that as though it's fact
1: yeah who did you find it out from
0: well from a reliable source like from someone who's not a crazy person and is also uh, that doesn't technically... make it reliable well that's what i mean it's not it's not from like a paper that i read it's not like a research paper that i read it's just a person who's been reading a lot about it because they're vulnerable and yeah but they're also probably quite good at like not being taken in by mad fake stuff but i haven't checked it at all i'm checking it right now oh don't check it because then it's going to be wrong
2: it's not communicated from mouth to hand to table to hand to mouth
0: you mean i'm sure there is a possibility of communication but the person who i was speaking to said that no one had been able to prove that or do any kind of percentages on how dangerous it was whereas when they've been doing tests around people in the same space and like breathing and communicating the virus in that way that's pretty confirmed and like they can tell you like it's 19 times more dangerous to be inside a building than it is to be outside a building when you're two metres away from something. You know, they've got like very specific research on that, but they just can't nail down exactly how dangerous it is. And that makes them think that it probably isn't being communicated in that way. Okay. But of course, what's happening is, go on, Sophie's done some research.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I'm, go, I'm on advisory.com. Good. No further information on that Reliable needed.
0: source.
1: Um, <clears throat> earlier this month they updated their site to say that indirect contact from a surface contaminated with the new coronavirus known as fomite transmission <clears throat> is a potential way to contract the new virus but not really the most prominent way that it will infect people. Mm. So would you think that that was maybe what they were talking about?
0: I guess that's about as strong as their belief came across to me. <laughs> but obviously what's happened is that I've just been taking that and just been telling people you can't get coronavirus through touch and As you
1: touch them. <laughs>
0: as I go <laughs> to hug them. Actually, that's been a real boon for me, not having to hug or like greet people in a physical way. I'm not a big fan of that.
2: Oh, really? No, I have been. That's good no, to know. No, not
0: really. No, like, I'm, I'm fine with other people enjoying it, but I just have always... <laughs> M says that I'm a weak hugger.
1: I don't have any particularly good memories about your hugs, so that could be true.
2: Uh, I always remember it as a bit awkward. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: uh... But me and you, Hamish, we have an awkward relationship. I think that's one of the nice features of our relationship. Uh, do we? <laughs> 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 Is that not a feature that you remember <laughs> of um, our
2: relationship? No more awkward than... Uh, Most of my other relationships, (laughs) I wouldn't say.
0: Oh, well, then that's fine. That's fine by me. How have you been, Sophie?
2: It's quite a
1: big question, I suppose. I think it has been fine. (laughs) But it's been really tough. Like, my whole life is completely different. Um,
0: who, do you live with a partner?
1: Yeah, I live with my partner and we normally live with our landlord who like shares their time between Portugal and here, but he hasn't been doing that. So it's just us. It's a positive. Um, we have a dog now, another huge positive. Is that um, a
0: lockdown puppy?
1: He's not a lockdown puppy, but okay. he presents as a lockdown puppy. <laughs> 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 we, were, we were adopting him before lockdown happened and then it just took a really long time. Uh, okay. And he's not a puppy. He's a three-year-old um, angel. Human. <laughs> he's a three-year-old human angel dog. Um, yeah, so that, that that they're all like positive things, but um kind of sucks, I would say. Like what I have to do for work is completely different.
0: What were you doing before for work and what are you doing now?
1: Now I have a job. I have a full-time job um, working as a video producer. And before I didn't have that job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> why is that changed?
1: Um, money. All of the other like work disappeared. So all my freelance work and my artwork disappeared pretty much. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't really have any intergenerational wealth or financial stability. So... But that's good. I got a job. So, you know, there's lots of... Probably if you ask me how I am, I'm probably going to focus on the negatives because that's where I'm at at the moment. But nothing's bad. Everything's fine.
0: What about you, Hamish? What happened when... You live on your own, right?
2: I live on my own, and I, I was working. I'd sort of, um, yeah, I'd got a uh, paid job last summer, working in a in a heritage site, and so I, I didn't really lose anything when lockdown came. So I was kind of lucky. I didn't lose. What do you mean? Well, to, I didn't have any you work. You were furloughed. Yeah, I was furloughed, and I it wasn't like I had any work that um, I was expecting to do or any kind of art plans or nothing that was not affected by lockdown. So yeah, I was, I was, I was lucky to have um, the space and a job to come back to.
0: Are you back at work now?
2: Yeah, I think we've been back a, a month and it's lots of shifts, but you know, we have very few visitors. I think we've got like a fifth of the visitors that we had this time last year. So it's just waiting around uh, for people to come in and telling them the toilets are closed. <laughs> 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 people, can we people come can in we to visit? use the toilet? Yeah, I can get you in for free. Yeah. Oh wow, <laughs> I, that wasn't
1: even the ask, but yeah, yeah. So you can okay, visit. cool. And the toilets, will they be open?
2: Or? For ticket holders, yeah. Fantastic. Which I will be.
0: So just to get into the minutiae of that, because hmm. I was talking to M today about how she's gonna, they're gonna go back to work, and why is it? Why is there a decision that? you can't have people come in and use the toilet. Is there, like, a rationale behind that?
2: Um, It's... I think it's just a specific part of the building. We have, like, one building where we've closed off, I think because there's lots of things to touch in it. So they haven't figured out yet a sort of a safe way to keep it cleaned. Yeah, but I think they're going to let people in and some kind of one-way system. But.
1: I've also got WebMD still open and fecal-oral transmission is one of the listed ways to transmit the virus, so that could be why.
2: I saw that, yeah. And they're going to do sewer tests to spot early on when it's kind of uh, rising in a, in a loca- location. <gasps> Get
1: out of town, that's yeah. such an awful job.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they've got a machine. It's not like someone, ev- okay, every <laughs> hour swabbing the... The flow.
0: I don't know. I think a lot of sewage stuff is just a bloke in a sewer. It's not like a robot. It's just like a man having to just stand in a sewer and, yeah, swab. Yeah, maybe it is swabbing. Or just more like scooping. It'll be scooping. It's
1: mostly scooping.
0: Did anyone see that fatberg program that was on the telly a few years ago? They collected a fatberg, and then they—do you know a fatberg's like all the baby wipes and oil and the poop and stuff? And they collected a fatberg, and they found loads of drugs in it and diseases, and but mainly baby wipes. Main, well, not even baby wipes, like um, non-flushable like makeup removal wipes. But that was just lots of men in sewers.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, part of that was taken to the. British, uh, no, the Museum of London, was
0: I it? thought that was a good acquisition.
1: Mm. Really? I'm going to, because I've got two screens, I'm
0: just going to yeah. look at well. And what about you, Matthew? Well, I originally thought I was completely screwed because I, this six months was going to be me just freelance teching and not really doing any other work. So I lost all of that work. It all just disappeared. But then it turned out that I was eligible for furlough because Philips, although it's not a permanent position... It isn't freelance, it is P-A-Y-E, so I was eligible for furlough. And then, of course, the... Oh, wait, Sophie's showing us Fatberg exhibiting the monster of Whitechapel. Yeah, it's just lots of this guy. <laughs> but it seems like them. it's
1: about him. He's not the Fatberg. He's not the monster. <laughs> That's so cruel. I think Vicky Sparks knew exactly what she was doing.
2: So you think a so. picture of a man, uh, a sewage worker, underneath the, ha- the headline, Fatberg exhibiting the monster
0: at Whitechapel. He's holding a section of Fatberg in a spade. He's offering it up to the camera. They're calling it the Fatberg sometimes, and then at certain points they just say Fatberg as though it's someone's name or like (laughs) the the name of an animal that they've brought in. Why is Fatberg so important to you? But it's interesting about Fatberg because in that programme, they were basically trying to turn it into an issue of individual responsibility. So they were just imploring people not to throw these things down the toilet but of course Mm. the issue isn't well it depends how you see the issue but the way i see it is that companies producing these things are clearly aiming them at a market of people who want or need something that can be disposable and they clearly look like something can be thrown down the toilet so to me it seemed really obvious that the problem was the companies producing it rather than the individuals buying it but no one's no one's moved to make any kind of legislation saying that things you know that are look disposable should be biodegradable
1: sorry i'm really (laughs) trying to read this thing on fat books while you're talking it's so rude i'm going to close the tab are you guys Mm. happy with that yeah thank you okay okay we're back you were talking about how you got furloughed congratulations
0: yeah got furloughed and then i got um self-employed money as well
1: oh so this is quite a good year for you
0: oh my god it's been fucking great i mean kind of but obviously there's lots of stuff that isn't money-based that's weird about it. But like in terms of money, I've been incredibly lucky. And I think that's what's really confusing about this whole thing is that some people have had zero help from anyone. You know, no furlough, no self-employed help, no emergency loans, whatever. As far as I can tell, it's just pure chance. Like someone else at my work was doing an MA last year, so they didn't work so much. So even though they've worked there for 10 years or so, their furlough payments were like 50 quid a month or something crazy, because last year, they just didn't work very much. Or, you know, some people have worked, I can't remember how long you had to work for, you had to work for somewhere for a year, didn't you, before you get furlough. So then it's like, if you work somewhere for like 10 months, you just didn't get any money at all. Yeah. And that is completely insane. How did you get your job, Sophie? That seems really surprising that people were hiring at all.
1: Yeah, Um, I applied for a part-time job before the crisis and i had my interview like just on the day of i think like the day before lockdown and they offered me the job but then it took quite a while for them to figure out whether they would be able to honor it like that offer because they had like a hiring freeze and stuff anyway to my great surprise and luck they did and then yeah it's uh it's an educational institution so like they're just everything they have to do is digital and through video so all of a sudden They needed more rather than less and I was there to give them more.
0: What is the footage you're editing? Is it was it filmed in lockdown or is it all stock stuff or something?
1: Oh it's like a red hot mix. It's yeah, it's like kind of (laughs) it's like people talking into Zoom, it's like stock footage of people with masks, whatever you want. (laughs) It's in there. And
0: are you editing or no, you're producing?
1: Producing, yeah. What does that mean? Well, pretty much the same. Okay. Usually the job's pretty cool. Usually I turn academics research into video. Oh, nice! But that's not what the job's at the moment. So I think, yeah, hopefully it would be. I think it would be really cool in the future, <laughs> whenever that future comes.
0: And has anyone been doing any art? Oh, me and Hamish made something together. Yeah, that's yeah, nice. we made uh,
2: we made some art.
0: <laughs> we made like a kind of audio recording, podcasty thing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: sound work, and. It was really nice to do, but that was in early lockdown when everything just yeah. seemed like a crazy dream.
1: Yeah, different because,
0: days. Yeah, it was. Re- I don't know how you felt about it, Hamish, but I was like really excited about having all this time to make artwork.
2: Yeah, I didn't feel an urgency, and I was kind of sceptical at the beginning of uh, or dreading this kind of deluge of COVID lockdown-related artwork, and then I went ahead and made made some myself. Um, so yeah it felt like it was it was a good opportunity I had enough energy and enough interest to sort of get get involved in something is Uh, that
1: energy still there now like further down the line
2: uh no I think towards the end it kind of it dwindled but which I was okay with I've been taking photographs that's I guess a low Uh, low um low something what's the word it's like an easy win. It's kind of an easy thing to do, kind of tinker away at.
0: What are the photos you would be taking?
2: Some of myself and some of like, portraits of other people that I've met up with, taking photos of them.
0: When did you get into photography? Because that's been a thing that you've done for a while. Um, like, like, portraits particularly, I guess.
2: No, I don't know. I suppose it's kind of grown in alongside kind of documenting um, performance work or but not just trying to document it in a kind of traditional way, but in, you know, in, involving, for example, say disposable cameras within the actual work, I was sort of interested in, in that. And then a couple of friends and I, we had a residency, well, a sort of self-made residency in Sardinia. And part of the time we kind of made portraits of each other just as a way, you know, two of us would make a portrait of the third one. And I sort of just inv- inv- uh, enjoyed that, that process. So I'm kind of more interested in just, is it a way to spend time with people?
0: Mm. Mm. That's nice. Yes, that's why I do podcasts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, <that's so> <laughs> Well, we, yeah, we, j- we joked about that at the beginning of this, uh, when we were setting this up about uh, subsuming all kind of friendships into work projects or work projects being a, a mechanism for creating or sustaining friendships.
0: I don't know how other people feel about that, but I think I've always done that that obviously lockdown has been this very strange bit where it's been hard to see people and you have to engineer situations anyway but I've always done that as an artist Is like that's a really nice way of maintaining friendship is like just occasionally meeting up and making work somehow but it does feel like a strange idea making the friendship you have with someone like productive that does seem a bit weird but I don't know I think I'm okay with it
1: (laughs) Work, worked through it all there in real time. You came full circle. <laughs> 360 in less than 90 seconds, I would say.
0: <laughs> well, have you been, Have you managed to make any art, Sophie?
1: No, is the short answer. Yeah. I've, I'm really like, yeah, uh, I think full-time work, when you're used to full-time <laughs> artwork, is uh, pretty brutal um, and that's fine. I don't feel like a lot of autonomy in it because I feel like it's a financial decision that I was kind of forced to make because of the circumstances. So that kind of deadens me a little bit. But one good thing is that before the pandemic, I was doing a lot of research into co-ops because I wanted to make like an artist moving image co-op of some kind. And then when the pandemic hit and... The Arts Council did that kind of lame emergency response thing. I got involved with like a few friends just kind of thinking about a syndicated way to respond to that and that kind of fed into the co-op ideas. And so I've been juicing on that a little bit and I'm going to work together with Jupiter Woods to, yeah, just research that a little bit more, think about it. I don't think the co-op is going to happen anytime soon, but that seems like a slow burn project that... Is interesting, and I think I'm gonna like think of it in terms of parasites as well. I've gotten really into like parasites, and that is kind of like an economic hero to be a parasite.
2: What do you mean, uh, economic hero? Sorry,
1: (laughs) I was hoping you wouldn't believe me. As it left my mouth, I was like, Sophie, Sophie, Sophie. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I guess like the the thing that I um, knew, but like it feels really felt of the pandemic is, I guess, what you're talking about. The format of like the people who just like got left in between, and you're just really feeding off the scraps, or you're trying to like make it work in a way that is not really your own decision. And just thinking of the way that like scroungers or people who are not perceived as like doing their bit are kind of seen as parasites on the culture. So, kind of flipping that a bit and thinking about how can you take the most from the host while keeping the host alive, and how can you kind of like own that sensation of being a parasite a little bit. I don't know, also thinking of it as a position in an economy that is going down the toilet but is not going to change. You know, like, I feel like uh, radical change is impossible, but to kind of leech off the system for your own gain, and I don't mean for your, like, individual gain, like, for a collective gain as well, could be, could be the way forward.
0: And with um, a film makers co-op, in my head, like, film, I'm just thinking of, like, the London film co-op and how that was probably resources like collectively buying sixteen mil film or like all chipping in for a camera or something. What what would be a filmmaker's co op what would it do these days?
1: Well, I was thinking. <laughs> I have to caveat. Before the pandemic, I was thinking of it being kind of like a half hybrid production house and a hybrid, so like hybrid workers' co op and a hybrid like central pot funds. So there's a co-op in New York called the Co-op Fund and it's essentially like a membership system where you pay in and that like accrues. Like it's so, you know, you pay in like £10 a week or £10 a month and that kind of creates a pot that people can then use to fund their life as an artist, whether that's, you know, they need to cover their rent, whether they go on a residency or whether they need to like hire a cameraman for a certain work. So that's kind of like how the pot might work, but the pot might also be to train a camera op to come and talk to the co-op to, like, figure out how they can upscale a crew. And then the workers' co-op would be we can get hired onto a shoot, you know, mm. and everyone gets a day rate, but the there's, like, a little bit of um, fat in the day rate that goes back into the co-op fund. Mm. Um, so, yeah, kind of thinking it as a way to, well, what you were talking about before, just, like, be together, <laughs> but, like, a yeah. more... I guess, yeah, it was kind of born of a frustration that all the gatekeepers are so interested in gatekeeping that they're not really interested in sharing knowledge. Um, so how can you, like, share knowledge amongst yourselves while also, like, creating an economy that could sustain that knowledge sharing?
0: They feel a little bit at odds, though, the idea of the parasite. I always think of that as, like, a the grifter, the artist as a grifter who's just... Their main job is to, like, slice a little bit of money out for themselves because... No one wants to give them any money. Mm. But then the co-op seems antithetical to that idea of the parasite because if you got a parasite in the co-op, then the co-op would be fucked, right?
1: I think it's for, it's like a way of kind of inverting that power dynamic of control, really. And there is the idea of the parasite as the grifter, but parasites usually work as a network and mm. they kind of subsume a host or like have kind of evolutionary strategies to make sure that they will be like... Um, sustained even after the host dies and I think just seeing the way that arts funding is going and arts institutions are going like we have to think past when the hosts die
2: who do you think the hosts are in this metaphor
1: yeah in this like very clumsy metaphor I'd like to (laughs) use this opportunity to voice that this is an early days research project um so I think In the London art economy, the hosts are the gatekeepers, so it's people like the Arts Council, it's people like the um, big MPOs, but, you know, there's also, like, this um, concept of parasites having an intermediate host and a definitive host. So there's people who are within the parasitic cycle that may not be the ultimate host, but they're definitely, like, something that gets you where you need to be.
2: It felt like... Um, and I don't have a clear analysis or examples for this, but it felt like uh, in lockdown there was a lot of uh, attention, anger directed towards these bigger institutions. Um, still going on today with like jobs being lost but so it felt like people were sort of re it as kind of these institutions kind of uh, being the the para- i don't know not quite them being the parasites but them abandoning the artists who they were really like feasting on not sure if that really he- really helps your co-op uh <laughs> creation but uh, yeah I was, just, I was just curious about it felt like there's a, a, sh- a shift in the obviously in some sense is the power in terms of money or decision making hasn't shifted but you know it it felt like there's a a redescribing of like what's going on in terms of who's needed for these people to have jobs like the the administrators Mm. become the parasites
1: i think that's definitely the system that we have yeah the the way that like labor is consumed within those organizations is completely parasitic I don't know. There's something, I think there's something grotesque about it. And I always like kind of like grotesque analogies, but maybe there's not like one singular site of the host or one singular site of the parasite, but it's kind of like maybe more a model of like thinking through power and thinking through how you can, I don't know, carve out your little, you know, hair follicle and suck it dry.
2: <laughs> Talking of uh, carving out, where, where have you been physically? Like where, what are the kind of places that you've been occupying or... B- you're avo- looking at avoiding
0: it. or. This is it. <laughs> so. That's a front room, right? That's not a bedroom. Or is it? This is a set. Ooh, front room or bedroom? This is a good game. <laughs> Hamish, you're definitely in your bedroom. That's a pillow. I can see a pillow.
2: Uh-uh, this is uh... a. <gasps> My living room.
1: Ah, oh, damn it. Classic front room or bedroom. i just, bedroom. I'm just
2: very <laughs> loose. Mistake. <laughs>
0: So, okay, what we've got to guess Sophie's now. You guess Sophie's, Hamish.
2: Um, well, there's a chest of drawers. So I think this is a bedroom by the window. Yeah, or unless you've got, a, like, an office. Do you have an office? It's an office. Studio.
0: It's a bed. It's a bed.
1: It's a toilet. It's a bed. Yeah.
2: <laughs> She's in the box. <laughs> oh that would be nice so you, you've been in that bedroom
1: yeah pretty much but we have space in our house like uh, the house that we're in has a garden I suppose now things have eased up a bit I have been other places but this is still like where I spend the majority of my time I guess
0: the most exciting moment for me for early lockdown was me and Em would walk around Hilly Fields every single day and then one day I guess takeaways suddenly just reopened if they'd been closed they realised that they were allowed to be open that was a beautiful day and when um It's called Broccoli Rock, it's like the local fish and chip shop that's really nice. We saw a Broccoli Rock bag in the bin in Hilly Fields and we just suddenly realised we could go and get fish and chips. And I, it's like, it was like being a kid again and I haven't really felt that way since I was a child. Like the excitement of like going to get that takeaway was just... Amazing. It was so good. It
2: sounds beautiful. You ate it out of the bin, and it was never tasted so Just sweet. ate <laughs> <out the bin. laughs> Never tasted so sweet.
0: I, could, I would have. I would have if there'd been any left.
1: What um, was your moment of wonder, Hamish? Your moment of unparalleled joy?
2: I went on a date, and we went uh, wild swimming. It was a beautiful, sunny day. uh went swimming uh, in, um, in Hackney Marshes in the river, and you know, there's loads of people there, but it's kind of really nice. Just had a yeah, magical day, having uh, drink, and then we and we kissed, and we swam in the water, and it was yeah. Was, this it was a just,
1: first date?
2: Yeah, it was a first date. It was a really beautiful, um, oh, beautiful that's day. That's such
1: a romantic first date.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was like the ideal day.
0: So this is more slightly more recently, right? Like this isn't in deepest darkest lockdown days.
2: Uh, it was in, we shouldn't have been kissing. <gasps> so it was like June or July, I think.
0: Did anyone get really angry at people not doing any, you know, social distancing? Did anyone get any, did anyone want to shame anyone? <laughs> of course.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I was getting really into running. And um, yeah, there's just people who have different ideas on like what, you know, space is and whether you need it so um, and like cyclists also like you know they have a different i just yeah it was like normal society wasn't it like different people have different ideas on how it should like be played out so yeah i had lots of times where i was like well, well i'm gonna and then like the other half of me was like oh please don't
0: <laughs> i got really angry at a karate school that started meeting in Heli fields there's just loads of children like doing high kicks and i was like this is not on at all i was like <laughs> don't know why, but I really fixated on the karate school. They really got my go.
1: <laughs> Did you say anything?
0: No, of course not. That would be insane. But, like, just for, like, there was a, a week where, like, it seemed insane that they were meeting up. And then the yeah. next week I was just like, that is absolutely fine. I don't know why I was so angry about it.
1: Yeah, totally. I think, it, yeah, everything, like, any kind of, like, activity just seemed to be, like, outlawed for a while. And just the resentment about not being able to do anything if you saw anyone else doing something you're like how dare oh we're actually allowed to that's fine
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm meant to be going on holiday where you in about go? two weeks well to Greece
1: <gasps> how nice
0: it would it will be really nice but they are doing this thing where they randomly test people on flights and if you were sat near that person on a flight you have to quarantine oh, in Greece okay so it's like this really randomised form of quarantine, it's not like with the Spain thing where you have to come, you know, if you go to Spain you definitely have to quarantine when you come back to England but this is this random thing where like you might just spend your entire holiday locked in a weird hotel room so, but obviously it's not happening to the majority of people who go there so we're trying to work out whether we're okay with the risk because if we do go and we get quarantined we'll feel like the most, the stupidest idiots in the world
1: How long do you have to quarantine for?
0: We, we Need to confirm that, but I think it's only a week. And then if you get another test and you're clear, you can... Like, we're there for two weeks. So it might be that it would only be a week.
1: Mm. And where do you... Do you get to choose where you quarantine?
0: You (laughs) quarantine... No, you kind of do. So you can get to your place. So we're we're going to a Greek island. We're going to Coutonesi. It's
1: worth it. Quarantine on an island?
0: Come on. I know, but I don't think it's... It's not like quarantining, like, on your own... You haven't got a pool or anything. It's like you still have to stay in like just Well, that's a room. your
1: fault for not booking a place with a pool.
0: No, you don't get to quarantine in your place. You get have to quarantine in like one hotel on the island will be set aside for quarantine.
1: Oh uh, okay, all right. So it doesn't matter whether that place has a pool in it.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: so, so maybe I, I think it's still cancel working. your your hotel and just ask to be
0: quarantined <laughs> <laughs> it's like a money-saving exercise yeah
2: but no but seriously you've got you yes a bit of a risk so it could be the holiday you hope for or it could be well, yes but the, the,
0: the thing that's important in this conversation is that it's m m's best friend is also going to greece around the same time so oh. if we choose not to go then we we will see loads of pictures of her best friend basically having a, the exact same holiday as us
2: this is like a philosophy game theory experiment, isn't it? It's like, because they're, they're taking the same risk as well. So it could be that you go and they're quarantined or you, they go, you know, there's lots of possibilities.
0: That would be delicious. Oh, would you don't go and much. they
2: do get quarantined.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. The best version would be, the, well, I, mean, I don't know why this is better. I don't, I really don't want them to be quarantined. But to win it, yeah, you could, you would both go and they would be quarantined. And you wouldn't. <laughs> and all their photos, all their Instagram photos, would be at the inside of a small hotel room.
2: Okay, that's, uh we've learned something new about you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true. That's nice, though. If you get, if you do get to go, what a nice thing.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It'd be yeah. amazing. It'd be really amazing. <laughs> have you guys got any trips? I mean, yeah, that we didn't finish your question, Hamish. Where have we been in lockdown? Has anyone been to a nice place outside of their home?
1: Actually, yes. Yes, this this weekend on the Saturday, I took my friend um, to a, a beach in Rye. And it's a little cove. Um, it's like a nudist beach. So not many, you know, people go there and you have to walk you know, you have to put in the effort to get there. Nice. And that was pretty nice. And we swam in the sea, and it felt amazing to be out of London. That's my first time out of London in
0: yeah. Oh wow! Okay.
1: Since the beginning of March, I guess. Yeah.
0: That's hardcore. So that's uh, that's the first time. Did you take a train and stuff?
1: No, I drove. We drove oh,
0: home. so why, have you, if you've got a car, why, why haven't you been out of London? Um,
1: well, because of the dog. That's one oh, yeah. really big reason. So we're getting him to settle in. And then a lot of my friends are still shielding. So in order to be able to kind of see them, we've had to be like a bit careful as well. But yeah, I guess no really good reasons. No, they're good reasons. I think I stand by yeah,
0: that. Yeah, they are good reasons. The things we did that were really enjoyable when you could do them was go to, yeah, go to the coast. Mm. Because it was a place where you could go and have like a really non-city experience and also not be, you know, you can still stay a good distance from people, but you
1: can. Yeah, true. Do yeah, you have any good
0: spots? So no, we're just going to like Whitstable and bits around there.
2: I went to Whitstable, it's really nice. Did we have this conversation?
0: No, we had it on We had it on Instagram. Hey, okay, so that means yeah. it's not real. It was just uh. via Instagram stories.
1: I uninstalled Instagram. Did you? Uh. Pff, I know, big deal, huh?
0: For what reason?
1: I haven't posted anything for a long time and I've stopped doing stories and I was just lurking on there. I was just lurking and then I was like, I don't need this in my life. This isn't, this isn't value adding, Sophie.
2: I remember you've come a long way because at the ICA, when we were doing the workshop and performance, you were explaining the need to like, like people's posts on Instagram. Do you remember?
1: That, that was an old me, Hamish. I'm done with that No, her. no,
2: yeah. You've, 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 lots happened. The world's very different. The snake has shed its skin. That's four years ago,
0: isn't it? Is it yes, yeah, quite
1: a long time ago. <laughs> oh,
0: that was a long time.
1: Ooh. I mean, I love Instagram, but I don't know.
2: Talk about Instagram and CCA, I did a, a takeover of the CCA Instagram for a day. Oh, yeah.
1: Just, I think uh, that's what prompted us to getting in to touch, leave. wasn't it? <laughs> <It's>
0: pretty- <laughs> prompted you to leave that's why sophie left instagram because yeah. of <laughs> hamish's takeover know, i'm just trying yeah. to link everything
2: together maybe i'm trying too hard
0: i did an instagram takeover what was your experience of an instagram takeover like hamish
2: it was uh an ex- exciting challenge to, well <laughs> it was something to do in lockdown it was like <laughs> but i
1: no, good, gave me a
2: focus and it made but it Uh, i made it quite hard for myself i said i would like post a a live image like every two hours so it became a bit of a a burden to kind of do that for 24 hours
0: oh so that's what you you did it for 24 hours
2: yeah so something i I did a bit where i stayed out till about two or something and then did one at six in the morning see that's
0: a bit more interesting Mm,
2: thank you I, i thought so
0: yeah well it is I just put some pictures of some work up and explained it, and then I just thought this is so pointless and kind of boring for everyone involved. I don't What's know. it
1: supposed to do in Instagram takeover? Like, when when it's good, what does it?
0: It ge- well, I guess it's supposed to give.
2: I mean, cynically, it gives interesting content to the gallery and it gives a platform to the artist.
0: And I think in the in the better <laughs> situations, it's often like political accounts giving their platform over to like allies or people with aligned kind of political interests. And that's maybe makes more sense. Whereas without there being like an exhibition or some kind of show related to the reason that you're posting, I found it a bit strange.
2: Tra- tra- trapped in the uh, ca- capitalist mindset.
0: Well, that was selling. that was it. Yeah, that was it. It was like, what benefit am I getting? And then mm. whereas yours just sounds a bit more like you set yourself a challenge and you had the time and space to do it, so you did it.
2: Yeah, and through that I was talking a bit about my practice, but it wasn't it was a bit of selling, but also just a bit of selling me. But you, the, I think a good example of what you were talking about was, is it Neville Southall? The, yes, that's the, what I'm thinking of. Is it ex-goalie from... Some football team. Yeah, and he often has yeah takeovers from different.
1: Football, football,
2: football. Yeah, one of the yeah. uh, football united.
1: Uh <laughs> <laughs> now we need to know that in case we get asked it in a quiz. What did he play for? Him?
0: I'm You gonna... don't need to know that. I think it's
2: um it's not West Ham. West Ham. Everton. Is it? I don't know. Well Aston Villa, right? I think it's Aston Villa.
1: Is it Neville Southall, did you say?
0: Yeah. He's like a really Politically engaged Twitter user, and he gives over his account to uh, lots of different political causes, and they'll take over for a week and just tweet whatever they want. And yeah, he's really outspoken. I don't know, he's kind of interesting figure. Yeah,
1: best goalkeeper of his generation.
0: So, what was the team he played for? Because that's what we all want to know.
1: Senior career, he's played for quite a lot, but um, Everton is in there. Yeah, that maybe that was his hey hey heyday. Yeah, he finished it off playing for Dagenham and Redbridge. So.
0: Agadem and Redbridge.
1: Look, I don't know anything, but I just wanna in, in case I ever get on Who Wants to be a Millionaire, I don't wanna um fall <laughs> at this at this question.
0: So have you given up social media totally, Sophie?
1: Well, I was never good on Twitter, so that's when I found no. like your tweets like about four months afterwards and I was like, Oh, that's a that's a sweet thing. Yeah, I think so. I think I have. You know, I've got a dog now. I don't need Yeah.
0: He's your audience.
1: <laughs> he is a very sympathetic audience yeah
2: have you had a dog before or have you yeah. lived with a dog okay
1: yeah, yeah. i was gonna
2: ask have, was there any surprises of having a dog this time around
1: oh yeah he's completely different because he's a rescue dog he um is scared of everything yeah so he oh. doesn't really like being outside and um i just presumed all dogs like being outside and he doesn't like going on walks feels very unsafe and I just thought, all dogs like going on walks. And uh, Derry bought him, like, some toys and stuff. <laughs> and he squeaked one of them. And Jalo just, like, made the tiniest little meep noise and ran into another room. So, like, anything to do with play is not... He's not used to it at all. He finds it quite terrifying. But he's, you know, he's getting more confident. But, yeah, he's a giant. Everything is terrifying to him. Apart Aww. from time he rubs.
2: Uh, Apart from what?
1: Tummy rubs.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tummy rubs.
1: That was such a sweet.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh. I yeah, I don't know. It was it was really useful with the Solidarity Syndicate stuff to kind of be on there. And then after that I kinda of lost lost my puff a little bit.
0: Do you want to explain that? Just because that is that's quite an interesting feature of lockdown.
1: The the way that they structured the eligibility of um, the emergency response was that you had to make fifty percent of your income from art, and obviously a lot of people don't do that. So it was a bit of an unnecessary stipulation that they made. So we thought that if you pull together with people who were eligible and are not eligible, then you can kind of get some of that arts council money and spread it amongst your network of artists and it worked quite successfully actually did it um yeah it spread like all across the country because um, we we publicized it through keep it complex so it became like a keep it complex campaign and they have yeah a lot of followers so it was really good and we had some really positive lovely feedback and actually, because the Arts Council kind of made, you know, 60% of artists <laughs> ineligible, there were actually, you know, the people who were eligible, it was a pretty high hit rate. So most people got it. Oh, great. Um, so that was really nice. We, we did the same with kind of like some of the other funds that came up, but they were a lot smaller. So they, it was harder to be successful in those. Yeah. And we did it all through Instagram. So that's why it made sense, Instagram and Facebook. So it, it made sense for those to kind of like be a part of my life, but... No more. No more. Well, I mean, just, you know, I only deleted it on, like, Tuesday.
0: So, What do you look at when you go on your phone?
1: <laughs> Neville Southall. <laughs> just just checking out Neville Southall. He's got an MBE. He's Welsh. Obviously, we all knew that. Um, all knew actually, that. I am struggling with that a little bit. So I check my bank accounts a bit mm. when, when I don't have stuff to do. <laughs> um, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't... I haven't really bounced back from the absence but I will sometimes I have like um a a swimming booking app so I see if there's any cancellations (laughs) (laughs) but you know like that's the kind of level of like stimulation I was getting from Instagram so I think it's fine
0: yeah I take take your point with that like sometimes I'm looking at Instagram and I just think oh I don't know why I'm on here and why why? Why even wanted to come on here? Like often, I really enjoy looking at people's pictures, but when it's that reflex move, it doesn't. It's no more interesting than looking at your own bank account.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I have multiple apps. You see, it's not just the one bank account, Matt.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. Yeah. sorry. <laughs> I keep I keep thinking about giving up Twitter because its its algorithms are really. They push a lot of content to you that isn't very. At least with Instagram i've you know chosen to follow these people and i'm true generally interested in what they're posting whereas with twitter it's now pushing me a lot of stuff that i'm not interested in and actually just kind of effectively or you know emotionally it's riling me up mm. and that's not why i kind of just want people to say funny stupid stuff on twitter but that's harder mm. and harder to find these days but mm. then maybe that's just because the world's got a bit dark crazier yeah yeah I
1: don't know. Would you say it's the wrong time to get into Twitter then? Because obviously there's a gap for me now. So I
2: left Twitter. I left Twitter the other day. Yeah, I oh, really? deleted my account. Yeah,
1: deleted your account. I
2: deleted it. Yeah. I just I mean, didn't
1: uninstall the app.
2: <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I just found it very very negative. The the benefits of like getting a few interesting links or uh, some early news are uh, outweighed by just thousands of bossy fuckers telling everyone what to do including yeah. myself like you know you just people are just kind of just hectoring each other and becomes kind of uh, un- not very useful for me at this point in my life
1: is it really a lot more naggy than the other
2: yeah i mean instagram is or instagram's kind of as text is being used more in instagram or at least in the ones I'm accounts i'm following it's kind of i think particularly through black lives matters so it feels like there's a lot of kind of Stories and posts uh, about, with text kind of explaining or telling people what people should or shouldn't do. And so you, Instagram's going a bit, but still, still like not the same kind of, you can't have that same kind of like snarky kind of back and forth. And the others, I don't know, what are the others? Uh, Facebook, I don't know.
0: Facebook's just middle-aged people telling you what to do. It's just different <laughs> types of people telling you what to do. What's the
1: age group on Twitter, old or young?
0: Probably, it's more of a, it's like media-y, politics people is Twitter, right. but they're okay. probably older, they're probably in their, I don't know, It must be 30s and 40s people now. I think young people oh, are God. just like, abandon everything. <laughs> Anything that we would touch, young people would immediately abandon, I imagine.
1: Yeah, they're just living clean lives, clean, drug-free Brand free lives.
0: No, I don't know about that. They're just on TikTok, <laughs> that's all.
1: <laughs> They're all on TikTok. Um, Hamish, are you going to go on holiday?
2: I'm not, actually. Um, I was thinking of going to Sweden to see... Sweden? ...a friend, but but the advice is not to go, I think. Like, to Sweden? Yeah. So I, 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 I'm not oh. going.
0: What about you, Sophie? Are you going anywhere?
1: I don't know. I feel like uh, the advice to go a lot of places is to not go. So <laughs> I, feel, I feel I'm not I'm a bit unsure about it, but I was thinking maybe we could kind of like build up Jalo's confidence, get in the car, go on a little camping trip.
2: Oh, yeah, I thought you were about that. to say, oh, I thought maybe we could all go to Derry together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love that. <laughs> oh,
0: get in the life. back of the <laughs> van, guys. Back in the van. I'm
1: really looking forward to traveling again and I'm really looking forward to partying again. And I was never a very big partyer, but now I just wanted to like go to raves. Oh, really? Oh, my God, so much.
0: Yeah. You want, you want to
2: go to a rave, do you
1: say? Yeah. Do you want to go, Hamish?
2: <laughs> Shh <are> you laughing?
0: <laughs> well, you might go to a rave. I, yeah, I just well... don't want to go to a rave. I'm Come laughing. On, Matt, at...
1: let's
2: go to yeah. rave.
0: I mean... Oh, I don't want to go to a rave. I like Why the God? idea of it. I like the idea. <laughs> I. The problem is, with raves, is that I really like them, but I haven't been to one for a long time, and what would happen is I'd get exactly. really overexcited, and I would yeah. take loads of drugs yeah
2: he doesn't know the dance moves anymore he's (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna you can learn them on on TikTok or YouTube beforehand
1: (laughs) (laughs) maybe I, I presumed everyone had this impulse after being kind of like hemmed in I'm just like I and I really am not, like, I'm like, oh, let's try and make it till 10 and then I can go home and sleep in my own bed, but now I really, I really want to party.
2: I think I yearn for quality contact rather than, or maybe because you're, I mean, you're both in relationships, so I yearn for quality human contacts rather than quantity maybe. Yeah, I just have.
1: What happens at a rave? Is that well, a quantity? Oh,
2: yeah. Maybe it's a different kind of quality. Yeah, maybe that's a Mm. a false opposition. But you know, we just start with one person. I mean, I
0: think I'm not very good at imagining things that aren't possible. So, like, (laughs) if I if I would really love to like be in like a really crowded pub in the winter, Mm. but I just can't imagine it. So I can't. I can't really miss it at the moment. Perhaps when we get to winter, for example, I'll, I'll feel more like like I'm missing out on things. But Yeah. I mean I really appreciate for young people how shit it must be to not be able to go to raves because being completely fucked in like the middle of a woods or wherever yeah. is just like the greatest thing. But I don't I haven't really yearned <laughs> for that for ages. But is it like a sudden return to like wanting to be like with loads of people or something?
1: I've never liked partying. I don't know if oh, really? happening, yeah. I'm like Best. Yeah, I'm more of like a one on one kind of person. But yeah, the idea of just Yeah, I really like it. There was like this kind of we have a field down at the end of our road, and um, sometimes there's little like speed demons that go up and kind of like uh, drag race in the field. But there was like this huge meetup of like sick whips, and it was like it was just like a huge party. It felt like a huge party. It happened on our doorstep, and I was like, "Shall we go?" And Darius like. you don't have a sick whip. Like, you have a hatchback. And I was like, I don't think we have to take the car. I think we could just walk in. He was like, oh, my God. You're like, you've lost your dignity. Like, kind of like, I know that you don't care in front of me, but you must care in front of other people. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. We'll just stay in again, I guess.
2: recall cool. You could roll up with a bottle of wine and go, hi, we just, we just moved in down the road. <laughs> Wanted to- <laughs>
1: instead I had to just be like a window twitcher like watching all these people yeah. have like the time of their life and oh. it was fine it was 2am it was too late for me it was fine
0: I just imagine you guys like turning up on roller skates or something like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> with like a cardboard cut out of like a BMW <laughs> yeah Derry was very much not into that idea I have to say he was yeah which is good I think it's yeah that's fine <laughs> that's absolutely fine um mm-hmm. you were looking something up Matt I
0: was looking up where I was last year where were you I, why
1: were you back in northern Ireland uh I
0: did a residency uh, last place. year in um in Cardona around all there but I just can't remember the name of the um county
1: was it beautiful
0: it was absolutely the most beautiful place I've been in a long time and it really? came up for a weekend yeah it's really amazing it's part of um the Atlantic way or something which is just like a, a road that runs all around the the coast of Ireland. Amazing. And it's just such an amazing place. And for the first week there, it was really hot. And so I went swimming in the sea loads. But then I was staying in with Sarah and her family in Derry and driving up to my studio. Just had a really lovely time. And it just reminded me a lot of uh, us being in Derry those those years ago. Remember then, when
1: you guys missed your flight? Oh, fuck,
0: man. That was the worst. <laughs> that was the absolute worst. But yeah. I, we also... You weren't part to this bit of the conversation, but me and Hamish were like, oh, why doesn't Sophie remember being in the back of the van? And then we looked at the photos and we realised it's because you weren't in the back of the van. You were in the front of the van. And it was us in the back of the van because you got dibs on the, you know, the third seat in the front of the van.
1: That sounds about right. No. <laughs> I think I think it wasn't like a kind of shotgun situation, but just you guys were like, we would like to go in the back. I think that's yeah. more likely, yeah. Uh, you think... Like-
0: Thanks so much to Hamish and Sophie for talking to me. Thanks to you for listening. I'll be starting my PhD at Kingston soon and I'll probably be doing some more podcasts uh, based on the research that I do there. All right, bye.